Aloha Maui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. Jason Burkhart. And Brian Thomas. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is episode 145. One of our perhaps last follow-up shows to CES 2020, the fifth one. We're talking about <laughs> never-ending CES shows. Never <laughs> CES, never-ending CES shows. We actually have probably another uh, half dozen uh, uh, actual uh, interviews that it banked. But I mean, this has been—it was a pretty fruitful uh, show. We learned a lot about renewable energy in the mainstream. And uh, today we're talking about two companies that g- got a lot of play on YouTube: Zero Mass and OxyCool. Now, Zero Mass—we've talked about them in the past here on the show. This is about potable water generation with with no energy inputs, using a little solar panel and some material science, been able to create consistent, uh, drinkable water uh, through this new technology. Uh, very 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 cool stuff and they're going to be here in maui soon jay yeah absolutely uh my, my understanding and i think it came from you actually was that they would be here for the um the hawaii energy conference which is coming up in the upcoming months um but we're going we're going to try our best to get these folks in the studio zero mass has been on my radar for a really long time like a year and a half or more um because it is literally some panels you can put up on your roof it looks a lot like your traditional uh kind of solar hot water panel but the water it, it, it creates water out of the air, which is is really really cool, and it's drinkable water. That's the, something we're going to talk about. Yeah, and then I, you know, I was struggling, Brian, to try to figure out how to connect. Which two shows could I connect in? And OxyCool is a company that has developed an air conditioning system with no freon. They use a heating source, and then they use material science. And so I think the tenuous link here is that there's some material science kind of uh, engineering behind both of these uh, systems, Zero Mass and OxyCool. Uh, that was what I came up with. OxyCool is very interesting. Ravi Barrow, CEO, founder, I got a chance to talk with him. This is one of the most contentious videos we posted uh, on CES 2020 and YouTube. There were a lot of engineering conversations going back and forth. People are actually getting kind of vitriolic, a little angry. Don't You don't know anything about air conditioning some guys going oh no i'm gonna lose my job in air conditioning they're back and forth it was really interesting to watch it i didn't actually participate in it but uh i got a kick out of it so really cool tech um and oxycool is now taking pre-orders too so you can check those guys out online uh and yeah let's jump right into it it's gonna be a fun show Okay, folks, we are the Solar Coaster Renewable Energy Theme Talk Show right here in lovely Maui County. It can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kaoi 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry www.solar-coaster.com is where you can listen live if you're out of our broadcast area. Uh, check out all the old shows, one of the most important things out there. You can also click the uh, the YouTube link and see all those uh, extra interviews, the things we can't quite get to. I mean, an hour show is actually quite short, and we've got a lot more content that goes up on the YouTube or through the podcasts. So, uh, so do check that out, www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. You can also get on the mailing list, uh, sign up for podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, and all the rest all carry the solar coaster. Uh, so go and look at that for that little blue and orange waveform logo and uh, take us everywhere you go. There you go. We've got some great sponsors, Fairwinds Wealth Management. Brian Thomas here in the studio today. Uh, EnduraShield and Perfectly Clear Glass. I know that Gary Dolberg has really dove into the uh, renewable energy industry and gone to uh, inner solar North America and is getting all kinds of great uh, feedback on his 
clear coating technology from Enduro Shield. A lot of exciting stuff happening there. Sundrum Solar is also a sponsor of ours, and uh, they're doing some amazing work here in the Maui community. Uh, talking about thermal and ways to increase efficiencies of, of, of your roof space, creating energy. Uh, and yeah, we also have Solar Edge coming down the pike very shortly, hopefully. So let's talk a little bit about the special uh, thing we got going on here, Brian. What's up? Well, essentially, uh, we've been talking, and you guys had me on early in the uh, end of the year last year. What, October, maybe? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, we talked about how to incorporate ESG and renewable stuff in your portfolio, right? And it was it was doing well back then in the market. We're like, hey, we kind of think this thing's going to re- turn redefine on. Redefine that for folks that haven't ESG that, or didn't miss get that show. Sure, uh, it stands for environmental, social, and governance. And it used to be called. I started in the business in 1998. It used to be called social responsible investing. And so mm-hmm. ESG, environmental, social, governance. It's putting a filter over your investments and and choosing them in ways that are agreeable with those three somewhat subjective variables, but it's filtering out stuff that isn't in compliance with either of those traits, essentially. But what was really amazing so, is that so over supporting, the... Oh, oh sorry, Jack. So, well, supported, so, so supporting business that is, is working in a space that you, that you support um, personally. True, true. And, and we've talked about the okay. evolution of it and how you know, large firms, uh, $7 trillion asset center management, are devoting some of their allocation to ESG because it has been demonstrated, data backed up, uh, that you gain performance doing that. And, and we can show it and we can talk about, uh, uh, there's an article this week, how using that ESG filter, uh, you gain 12%, and we can give more details, but uh, Society General had an article about it, yeah. But it's like by, by doing that, you're, you're actually excluding risks that will lower your returns. And then you're excluding stuff that's in a downtrend like traditional fossil fuels. But then you're participating in the renewable space with solar, with wind, geothermal, et cetera, and companies like Enphase, you know, that, and, and just companies that are doing great stuff. So the, you're no longer, it's no, no longer really a, like a vanity play. Like, hey, I want to I wanna do some, you put my money into something that's going to make me feel good about it. Maybe that is a, a part of this, this puzzle here, but this is actually how you can safeguard your wealth and grow your wealth. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and, and, and participate in, in uh, if, if I have a chart and I can show it to anybody, but if you look at the top sectors across America, and because the U.S. stock market is the highest performing market in the world, it is the top sectors in the world. And those sectors are not semiconductors. They are, and, and I can show the chart of ETFs, uh, over 890 ETFs. If you look at the one-month, three-month, six-month performance, it's not semiconductors. It is PBW, which is ticker symbol PBW, and that's a basket of renewables. But it's also uh, one of the top performers is TAN. In fact, the only ETF based upon ETFscreen.com that outperformed over that three-month, six-month, and one-year period is Palladium. But Palladium is also a renewable play a little bit too because Palladium is going into EVs. So if you want to learn more about this, I was able to just kind of convince Brian to do a seminar. We're looking at doing it at the Maui Country Club probably in the next month. Is that right? So if people want to get in touch with you, how can they reach out and kind of get get it set up for that? Sure. We'll have a little uh, talk story at the Country Club in March. Uh, Info at fairwindswealth.com. That's uh, info at fair, F as in Frank, fairwindswealth.com. And would you say first uh, half of that sign up, get in for free, the second half to buy drinks? Something to that effect. Uh, Okay, got it. All right, let's jump over to news and events. All right, you put this up 
front because we never ever get to uh, the future focus section. <laughs> can you? Um, new solar panels harness the energy of deep space. <laughs> the title is a bit of a misnomer, uh, but this actually came from Nasdaq.com. Um, we all know the, the biggest problem with solar panels is that they only produce energy during the day, um, and, and storage has really kind of picked up uh, a lot of steam over the past decade, uh, reducing their costs like something like 70%, right? It's still a lot, but uh, their new research coming out of MIT shows that just to get to, get to our 100% renewable goal, storage, storage has to drop another 90% from where it is today. Now, that's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but it's a really difficult thing to do. Um, so there's a lot of scientists out there, researchers looking at other ways to generate power. And one of the neat things that they're looking at is um, uh, thermal uh, generation. So you have one, one section that's cold, one section, section that's hot, and you can actually generate energy from that differential. So it's a small amount of energy, but you would, you would get energy from it. Um, so these guys have gone over the last few years. They've been working on these panels, and it's it's generating. They, they call it generating light from darkness, which I think is is <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but it's it's a passive cooling mechanism. They have big big panels out there that are like um, solar panels, mm -hmm. and one side is is radiating out into into just the, the the space, and then the the other side is is slightly warmer because it's heated by the earth radiant cooling from the earth and they were getting about 25 milliwatts out of it now it's up to about half a watt for a meter squared which is not bad they were able to light an led which doesn't sound like a lot but i mean it's, it's a significant step and the, go the, the goal is to make these as as cheap and as effective as uh solar panels i i don't know if i believe it right <laughs> and the reason why is because the, the reason why is that there isn't quite enough energy there. I mean, you're, you're definitely rating it, rating energy out into space, which is a good thing, um, because we're trying to cool the planet at least a little bit. Um, so each one of these would, would help. Um, that was, that actually came from, from, uh, Mike from, um, Sundrum solar mm -hmm. ages ago, the black, the black body effect. Um, but realistically, when we're, when we're looking at the, the sheer, um, difference in energy, we, we just did the math off air beforehand and your average residential solar panel is a little less than um one and a quarter meters squared uh but that's 350 watts so in that meter squared you're actually looking at 283 watts and they're now getting well a half a watt <laughs> from that same meter squared um using using their thermal uh generation um, so this is squarely so, so, so in, the, uh, it's, it's, in the future focus section of our show here. It's, it's very, it's very much future focus, but it's a really cool technology to watch. And if, and if it can be developed, I mean, remember when the first solar panels came out, they were also just absolutely awful, right? <laughs> right. So. If you go back 50 years or so, and then that kind of territory, right. uh, then you were looking yeah. at, you know, much less wattage. Um, but yeah, so the, the notion of this, is there an alternative to storage is what's interesting about this article to me, right? If you can do something else through the other 20 or... 18 hours, you know, in a day, then can you produce some energy up there? And there's other things that are going on. Like there's guys talking about somehow generating water for, and energy from raindrops and, you know, things that are outside of the daytime solar energy curve, right? So here's uh, one mm -hmm. of those ideas uh, to try to, uh, but I, I think that storage is going to get cheaper before this uh, this generation comes into play. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if, if we're on that same curve as the regular traditional solar panels using sunlight we're on, then yeah, we're 50 years away. <laughs> right, so, so. It's not, not going to quite get us there. I mean, honestly, it, I go back to my same old um, 
cliche is it's it, it it's going to take this is a piece of the puzzle but it's not going to be the the silver bullet right well it's exciting to see that stuff out there hey we got a new section jay called politicking because we uh, because of this uh this article <laughs> that you brought that. to my attention this morning uh we you know we don't purposely steer uh, free of politics but this is uh, kind of squarely in in that uh in the sights of that what the heck is this trillion trees act all about Okay, well, we, we, we try not to be political, but of course we are because it's a big thing. And I, I think I said last year that it just watched that this political, this presidential election is going to be about environmental politics. Um, the Trillion Trees Initiative is actually a, is actually a worldwide um, goal um, and action to um, plant one trillion trees worldwide, uh, regrown and or saved from loss. So that means protecting existing rainforest and or um, planting planting new trees across the globe. Uh, just to put it in perspective, a trillion is a really difficult number for people to get their head around, right? Mm. Um, to put it in perspective, um, at the current population of the entire United States, each person would have to plant 3,000 trees to get to 1 trillion. Whoa. So that helps. Better get to need to get to work. Um, it's, it's a lot. It really is. Um, but recently, this... Um, that the United States and specifically the, the the Trump White House has has come up in support of the Trillion Tree Initiative, and 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 it's kind of a, a massive about face. We've seen this over the over the year where where um, that the current White House administration has, has recognized that um, their their stance on climate science hmm. uh, is is a, is is a bit of a negative <laughs> for them and, and even even existing uh, Republicans especially the younger demographic are kind of stepping away from the party with um, with regards to climate so um, Trump White House came out and said that they're going to support the trillion trees initiative with the trillion trees act um, if if this goes forward um, it, it, it really is setting up um, a, a pot of money to support the um, planting trees at least across the United States. Now they did in, in their in their credit um, take aim at failed tree initiatives. There have been a lot of them. Hmm. <laughs> we hear about them all the time. Um, and, and you can't just go out and plant a seedling and then walk away. It doesn't work like that. I mean, in Maui, most of the time it does because <laughs> just add water. But um, Realistically, across the mainland, there's a lot of places you can't just do that. And it needs to be maintained, needs to be taken care of. You need to make sure that, that it's it's watered. If 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 there, and we have seasonal droughts across the U.S., etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so they, they, there's stuff stuff in place to to actually monitor these programs. So it wouldn't just be and there would be oversight. So this is where um, some of that budget comes in. Yeah, that's where the that's where the budget actually comes from, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, a lot of groups have come out and in both in support of this and to be very critical of this, um, because the trees alone are not going to save us. Mm. <laughs> Basically, um, it, there needs to be more. And 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 what what it's it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, I, I like I like the um, James Mulligan. Um, senior associate at uh, World Resources Institute said, came out and said this it's it's this is on the list but it's a very long list of, of things we need to do so supporting trees across tree care planting is great but it's not going to be the only thing you can't just keep burning fossil fuels and plant a few trees because you need a hell of a lot <laughs> you need a hell of a lot more than 3,000 trees per person you know what occurs to, to me about this this type of idea and I know Brian's wants to jump in here too but it's a very it's like almost like a monolithic 
kind of uh, very easy to envision, uh, almost like a soundbite of, uh, of, 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 of climate action. It's like a trillion yeah, trees. Yeah. I get that. I see a bunch of trees. It's, it, it, uh, it eats up a bunch of carbon. That's a really simple, clear idea to understand. And, and, and <laughs> therefore, if it's said by a certain political party, then they can be seen as being very positive. I mean, I think that's just very digestible. Well, but it does have benefit, though, you know, and it's it's also conducive to like I've seen about uh, drones that plant trees. It's conducive to sort of a um, industrial managed automated process mm. right at scale. Mm. So, I mean, you could do it instead of just walking out with a human. You could do it in sort of an automated scale to really scale it up big time and ah. lower the cost and get some efficiencies in there. Huge. I wonder if there's some discussion about how to go about doing this. In the if you and I are talking way. about it, and Jay, I yeah. guarantee there is at that ah, level. I'll take a look at those guys. We're just. Yeah, some- I mean, I, 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 I like the idea of the drones. The issue is, I, I would rather see people go out and plant the trees and then use the drones for the the recurring maintenance. You know, go out and do surveys because you can use thermal cameras and actually take a look at the trees and how they're growing. And Etc. Etc. And and then take action. That makes sense to me. Actually, powering a drone to go and dig a hole is not very efficient. Are, are we planting trees just for like uh, you know just monocrop conifers across the entire country? Is that the game plan, or is this like a a, a you know a ecos- some some degree of an ecosystem being kind of you know restored? But like even if you did. This is, this is- even if you did better forestry management, that yeah. is the net effect of planting the trees. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that, and that's definitely and that's definitely part of the act is that it, it's remember it says to to conserve and take care of uh, existing forests as well. So that's that, that was also recognized. Awesome. Oh, all right. Well, let's get someone in here okay, from the White House to talk about. Next, <laughs> What's going we, on we, in Maui? We, we, we got we got to keep moving. Let's get this. Going. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about this last week when we never got to it. Maui News was reporting um, the utility. Uh, Miko, H E I. Now Hawaiian Electric, right? Or what they, are they called? They, Hawaiian Electric. They synced Companies. up their name, yeah. Go. Okay, yes. Yeah, I know. They keep messing me up. Um, but the, the, the utility wants to pay, um, for, has to pay uh, $222,000 um, for power that they curtailed over the year. Now, what curtailing is, is when they, they, they the solar, the sun is shining and the solar panels are making energy, but we can't use it at that time. It's just not, it's not useful to us so that they blow it off or they cut it off and we don't use that power so that's what curtailing is and basically what they're saying is that they didn't use about two gigawatt hour of solar power in 2019 and they have filed with the public utilities commission to allow them to pass that loss it's essentially a loss because they didn't use the power uh, on to the rate payers that's you and me so (laughs) thoughts on this gentlemen well, yeah, I mean, I know Brian's excited about this, uh, but, you know, here's the thing. This seems to me to be a contractual uh, misstep. You know, this if, if you've got 11 cents a kilowatt hour of, of a buy on these and if you what is it, two megs or something, how much? Was two gigawatt hours. Two gigawatt hours, of course, uh, in 2019. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's just a, it seems like contractually like sloppy negotiation uh, to me. I mean, and then why is that the rate? I'm sorry, you want to say it? No, no. That, that's, <laughs> why is that the rate payer's responsibility? Yeah, that's, that's exactly. So, Jay, Josh and I didn't discuss this, but that's exactly <laughs> what I was said to myself. It's like, that's a contractual 
they they didn't if you didn't plan for it like that's yeah. the business you're in you know yeah and that's of course this was an early stage utilities the earliest of the utility scale deployed you know systems we're talking about the first ones you can understand that it might not be clear but you know these types of ppa has been up and running these contracts been up and running for decades it's i mean i just don't know why that would be the case and, uh, yeah maybe it was part of the negotiation they, they just kind of they must have known this was coming like this was this can't be a surprise well, I don't know. Well, they've, they've, been, they've been curtailing power from the wind farms as well for years. I mean, we right. know that, that renewables do function at an extremely good level at some points of the day, and then other other points they won't function at all. Uh, this particular um, installation doesn't have any storage on site, does it? I don't, I don't believe so. And so that's kind of part of the issue is that they don't have anywhere else to put the energy, but they did agree to pay for an ex a particular amount of energy over the long haul and and i agree with everything that was said is that we we just because they agreed to it doesn't mean that, well, that I know we're that, liable I, for I know their that, <laughs> i know that i didn't sign that ppa mistake. contract and right. it's not my responsibility I mean, just, so if it comes to me go. and it's like hey man whoops we messed up well, can, you, like, can you cover us on this i don't know how i feel it's, about it, that it's pretty audacious to uh pass that on to the ratepayer, you know and to go to the puc i mean they yeah. said they said they said that uh Hawaiian Electric said it should be able to recover the curtailment costs from customers because they were not incurred in bad faith, out of waste, out of abuse of discretion, or in violation of law. No, but they were incurred because well, of incompetence or... Well, it'd be, it'd be interesting to get a, be a better explanation as to why. I really should kind of give them the benefit of doubt, hear what they have to say about this. If, uh, you know, maybe we can reach out but, and find out. Well, but, but the ratepayers aren't the one negotiating the contracts and the ratepayers aren't in the True. consuming True. solar energy business. And so they shouldn't have to pay for something that they... There's an authority, and there's a. I'm on board with you on that one. Uh, and then there's another another piece of this is what are the what are the solutions? Well, I don't think we're going to get to most of our news and events today. But what are the solutions? We'll go over to Brian in a moment. Um, it, it, there's a couple of potential solutions. Like you were just going to move into the conversation of can we implement storage there? Could there be a new uh, addition to that project? Could we could we get ahead of this problem? Well, uh, yeah. Like in other words, the cost, change, yeah. the, the 220 grand could have gone a long way to buying storage. Right. And, and that those same costs are going to get incurred next year. So preempt right. it, buy some storage, and avoid that, and don't come to us for the money. And we'll come, we'll, we'll jump into this yeah. later, but um, real fast. That is, that is the business model they're in. I think they're they're still trying to come to grips to, with that, honestly. we got a couple <laughs> minutes left. Let's jump over to Brian and hear a little bit about uh, ESG. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about ESG again, and um, just this week, uh, Societe Generale had an article how using that ESG filter gained you 12%. And, and the investment industry talks about basis points. And so 12% uh, is massive because 12 basis points is 0.12%. And they'll squabble all day long about trying to cut the fees and getting down to this fees. But by using that ESG filter, um, they're able to gain a, a, a significant amount of performance. So anyways, look into that. But I'd also go ask, you know, if you're an investor and you don't own renewable, I would propose that your process of investment selection or your process of investment management is broken. And so uh, we'd love to show you another way. We're going to be having an event in March at the Country Club here, but we're going to show you about the process. And it just so happens to be that it is the best performing sector outside of Palladium uh, in the entire investment space. Yeah, and you mentioned in your email to me when we were looking at this that uh, this is the best performing across all sectors, basically in the US and thereby world markets too. So this is the, this is the best performing uh, you know, ETFs that we have the opportunity to participate in, period. Right, and, and that's it. how many of you listening know that? You know, I mean, is your investment person? Like, I would say 
if you look at in our industry, there's debate all day long, but one thing that, whether you're a practitioner or an academic, one thing that most people agree on is that the value of momentum, in other words, something that is in motion stays in momentum. Uh, Gary Antonacci wrote a paper on it, but there's absolute and relative momentum, blah, blah, blah. But essentially owning stuff that's moving up and there's still money, it's just starting to get money flow into it. How can people reach you? Oh, uh, info at fairwindswealth.com or 808-873-3247. I'm excited about that. I'm looking at a chart here showing all the ETFs uh, and this kind of opportunity. And the, the feeling I had is, geez, how on earth could guys like us that have been doing this and exploring this for the last three or four months not be, not be winning in this ETF space, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm myself getting kind of like, oh, no, what's going on? This is exciting, but I don't want to miss the boat. And, right? and, and then back to that, Josh, at what point will people buy into it? You know, how much further does it have to go where they'll realize is that there's a – there's a trillions of dollars that is just trickling now into the renewable energy space. So it could be the time to take a look uh, really closely at this, and we'll have an opportunity. Yeah, and to I, do and I would, I would, I would encourage everybody, uh, regardless of your financial situation. I mean, just just start it, even if it's only a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks, whatever it happens to be. Start the process because it, it, in the long term, it's going to win you. You think about how much you get at interest on in your savings account. Just uh, it doesn't compare. Okay, we're going to wrap up, gentlemen, and head over to a commercial break. Come right back with zero mass Enduro Shield glass protection is the cost-effective way to help protect your PV investment, reduce cleaning needs, and help maximize power production. EnduroShield prevents etching, helps reduce soiling and debris buildup. At only two molecules thick, EnduroShield is optically clear, UV transparent. A one-time application provides up to 10 years of durability. To learn more about the coating, visit EnduroShield.com solar. You can request factory application or on-site by certified technicians like the team at Perfectly Clear. In Hawaii and for on-site applications in Western U.S., visit PerfectlyClear.glass or call Gary at 808-280-9422. That's 808-280-9422. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Okay, so we're here with Sydney Peck from Zero Mass Water. Just ran into Tom, who's kindly on the camera. Uh, Tom and I had spoke over the course of the last few months while I was out scouring the planet for all the coolest stuff that's related to the new energy economy, renewable energy tech. Of course, you guys are creating potable water with zero mass, which is, by the way, is almost like a like a like a buzzword, you know, out in the industry these days. So, uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Of course, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So uh, uh, I, now I understand you got some a bit of a footprint in Hawaii right now. We just talked about Dawn, Elemental Accelerator, all that great stuff. 
Why don't we, for people who are just getting into it right now, why don't we introduce uh, the technology, what it is you do, the new things you're offering, give us a sense for it. Of course, so we are Zero Mass Water and we sell the Source Hydro Panel, which was invented by our founder and CEO, Dr. Cody Friesen, uh, after getting his material science PhD at MIT, was recruited back to Arizona, one of the driest places on earth, to tackle some big problems. And one of those problems that he tackled is water. And so what we are doing is working to perfect water for every person, every place. And we do that through a technology that is completely infrastructure free, which means you don't need any water input, you don't need any energy input. In fact, you can take one of these suckers, put them out in your driveway, as soon as the sun shines, you're making water. And we do that by using a little bit of PV that powers some fans, pulls the air into the system, it's heated with solar thermal. As it cools to ambient temperature, it turns into liquid water. Now, the secret is the beautiful material that's inside the panel. It's a hygroscopic material that grabs just the water molecule. So essentially what you end up with is pure distilled water. This water has never been in pipes, it's never been in the ground, so you don't have to worry about a lot of the contamination that we're facing right now. And we mineralize it so that it tastes lovely and that it's safe for you. And then we ozonate it. So you leave it in there, you go out of town for a week, you know that your water is always safe. And then the most important piece that we love is that this is digital water. Every single panel has a SIM card. And that SIM card is monitoring hundreds of elements of the panel. We know what the temperature is, what the solar irradiance is, the relative humidity. We know that the, your ozonation system is working. We know everything about your water. So for the very first time, you know that you always have quality water, which you cannot know about any other water source that you get. There is so much in there. I don't I, like my mind is like trying to log like 20 different comments that I have from what she just said. So I mean, it, it just it smacks of the like the way that our our world is changing, and that we're we're able to allow technologies helping us find ways to take something that we've always had in our lives, water, and then make it better, get better transparency into uh, the quality of that water. Understand, I mean, like you just said, I mean, we're moving, all of the water we're drinking is moving around, whether it's in a plastic bottle, God forbid, or whether it's coming through a pipe, or whether it's coming through the earth, and we really don't have transparency as to what is happening there. We can hope for the best. And then, you know, so the, the it's, it's, there's so much there in terms of quality, in terms of transparency, visibility, and this echoes what we see in the whole new energy economy. It, 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 we see it in, you know, our, uh, our transportation, our food, we see it in our energy, we see it in all these wonderful things, so thank you. Yeah, and, and where we're seeing a lot of other renewable options, right, you see a lot of new products that are coming, I mean, renewable energy was, you know, the godfather of it all, but you see in like, clothing and food and all these renewable products, um, but we didn't have renewable water. People might think of water as renewable because we see it rain and we think, oh, beautiful, water's coming back. But actually, we're draining the water table faster than it's being replenished. And when you capture rainwater or use one of these other technologies, you're using a lot of energy. So it's not truly a renewable resource. With Source, the, um, the water in the air is constantly being renewed. So it is the only truly renewable cycle of water. And we're not using additional energy because we're using just the power of the sun to make it happen. Wow, I mean, there's so much going on there. It's, it's really remarkable to think about the fact that uh, it, it's, you said infrastructure free, it was a very cool term. 
uh, to say off-grid, right? Like you, you, you don't need to hook into another system. You're not pulling energy out of your PV system you just mentioned. Uh, I, I myself, you know, I, I, I get my water from a brand new catchment system that was built in 2019. I've lived on catchment before, so I know what it's like to be worried about your water supply. Uh, but this is really interesting because there's no energy being used. You're not uh, relying on the, the rain and you have potable, drinkable water that is also not only ozonated, but you mentioned mineralized, which I thought, I, I came in here and I said, hey, should I be mineralizing my water out of my catchment system? I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I can't advise the appropriate pH level for your water, but even from a taste standpoint, you know, this is not only the safest water you can get and the least impact on the environment and actually renewable and sustainable, but also this is the highest quality water. So this is really a luxury water. This is. Voss or Fiji or one of those, you know, fancy waters, but that you make it yourself and you don't have to feel guilty about having it shipped across the ocean or in a container that may or may not be recycled or all those fun things. So it's really the best water in the best way. It's kind of like the real promise that bottled water and all these kind of like exotic waters gave us 10 years ago or 15 years ago and hey, we'll drink this amazing stuff out of this place, but in actuality, really dirty. I mean, when you're moving stuff, you know, shipping, uh, you know, a, a ship from point A to point B, maritime is one of the nastiest uh, GHG emitters uh, of any sector, right? Uh, so you're moving water around and then you're bottling it. And who knows if you're leaching plastic and you eliminate all that stuff and you get this really, uh, you know, pristine quality water like you just described. It's kind of a first time for humanity, if I can use that grand term. I mean, we, we believe this is the first time we're able to do this. It is, it's the only product available to have a truly infrastructure-free way to get water that doesn't, is non-extractive, it doesn't impact any other system. Um, and at the same time, you get that quality that you, you know, think of in, you know, a fancy Parisian cafe. This is the kind of water you would be drinking, right? And you have no guilt. And, and actually, you know, of no fault of any other water provider, right? You, municipalities do the best that they can, but they're still putting water through pipes and they have to put chlorine in it to make sure it's safe. Your catchment, whoever made your beautiful catchment system is doing the best that they can with the technology that they have, but you still have to use energy to clean that water. Uh, bottled water companies in the beginning were doing it. This was the only way, it still is in a lot of places, to have reliable, safe water where people aren't going to get sick. People are doing the best that they can with water because they didn't have any other options. And now we're really excited that we can be that new, latest technology that offers the true option to truly solve the water problem. Okay, fantastic. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I want to explore two areas, if I may. So one is, uh, if I want to as an individual, and I understand you have a new product uh, this year, which may be relevant to residential installations. If I want to pursue that, how would I go about doing it? And what are the financial uh, kind of, uh, what's the financial overview of something like that? It, it, to me, as a solar guy, I've been an installer for a decade. I'm kind of out of that business now. I think in tax credits, I think in ROIs, I think in cash flows, right? So there's, of course, there's also a value proposition. We just, we did a great job of articulating that, you know, really high quality new value that's presented in the water. So there's that one area I want to explore. And then there's the, what does this mean for the world area I want to explore? So you can choose which one you want to go for. Yeah. So. The new product that we're announcing at CES is our Rexy product, which is a smaller footprint to make the same amount of water. What that means for a residential homeowner is, I mean, space space is important, right? Especially if you're somebody who wants to do solar and uh, hydro panels, right? You want off-grid power and water. We now have a smaller footprint, easier install, lighter to ship, 
all the things that you would want to get something to you, get it up on your roof and have it functioning, we're doing with our new product. What's the size? Three and a half by five. That is the size of a solar panel. That's the footprint. Yeah, today we're at a four by eight. And so we've we've come significantly down. By five, that's actually a little smaller than a yeah, so our three and a half by five Rexy guy goes for $2,500. Um, this is a product that lasts 15 years. And so when you do the math, again, I will say this is dependent on your climate. So sunshine and relative humidity vary throughout the world. So it's not exact math, but roughly, let's call it 15 cents a liter is what you're looking at if you choose to buy these panels for yourself or your home. If you're buying bottled water, you're definitely paying more than 15 cents a liter. And if you're having to use expensive filters, it uh, has a, an ROI for you. Got it. I see the math on that. I'll start to crunch some numbers after the fact. I love it. So let me ask you this. Uh, do we, uh, do we, are we, we, we have a $2,500 price point on this. What did you call it again? Rexy. The Rexy uh, product, which is three and a half by uh, five. Uh, roughly the footprint of a 60 cell module. I can find space on my roof right now. I left a couple spaces, you know, next to my solar hot water, next to my PV. So if I wanted to uh, uh, put that in, there's gonna be an installation charge. That's in addition to the 25, right? Yeah, and so we partner with installation partners all around the world to do that at an affordable rate locally for you. I know that neither of us are probably CPAs, but do you have any guidance on tax credit applicability? So the my disclaimer, I, I am not a CPA. I cannot advise you on, on how to... Nor am I. Yes, okay, this is legal disclaimer. Um, we've been advised that um, about 35% of the panel can be categorized as solar, is related to solar, and so that's what people have claimed. You're going to be looking for a guidance letter from the IRS soon. Indeed. <laughs> We're hoping that um, tax law will catch up with the water. Right. I mean, this provides some really interesting. Okay, so that's our residential question. Now, what about the the larger picture for the world? Where do you see this going in the next few years, five years, ten years? What do you think? So that's the residential snapshot, which is important, but it's a small snapshot compared to what we can do across the world. On the other end, the commercial side of our business is what we call source fields. You've seen a solar array. Imagine thousands and thousands of source hydro panels installed that are making mega amounts of water that can be used for municipalities, they can be used for consumer brands. Everything we wear, buy, consume has water that goes into it and that water is often taken from the water table in a local community. So this is a way to offset that. Um, hospitality, hotels, restaurants, um, anywhere where water is an input, we can install a large source field and then we sell to you water by the liter. We own and manage the asset. Oh, it's like a PPA model. It's a WPA. A WPA. <laughs> I love it. That's so amazing. Okay, very cool. Well, one quick question. Is this an aggregate of the residential product or are there larger scope commercial product? So that we'll use the larger panels for the, um, the source fields. Amazing. Could talk to you for hours, but we get a lot of tech to cover. So I want to thank you so much, Sydney Pack from Zero Mass Water. Tom for holding the camera and keeping up with us. Thank you, Tom. And uh, yeah, good luck. And please uh, come to Maui and join us in the studio. Absolutely. We'll see you in Maui. All right. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> there you go. That was Zero Mass Water with their source panels. They got a new panel called the Roxy out of, at CES, the Unveil event. That was uh, Sunday, the day before the show floor opened up on Tuesday. 
uh, that was, you know, really cool to, to meet with those guys. We had been talking for a while, so we just kind of stumbled upon each other. And th that was backstage at the media event, which yeah. was the Sunday before the show kicked off on Tuesday. And, and you had the good fortune of being there and picking who you wanted to talk to of all the... Yeah, there were a few hundred uh, booths that had been set up, and there's you know there's about 4,500 exhibitors in the space in um, in, in actual CES. But out of those 4,500 exhibitors, I'd say there was probably no more than a few hundred that were at the unveil. Don't know how they were selected, but I looked at every single booth and found the ones that were energy related, and was you know stoked to be able to find Zero Mass. They're a really exciting group, and they're going to be here in Maui too, I, I, I believe, for the conference. You know, so we'll see. That's awesome. And yeah. so, some of the people that you had on the previous shows were best of show even. Yeah, best yeah. of consumer electronic show. That's a I think both these guys won an award. Uh, I'm not sure which one it was, but uh, yeah. So next we're going to go into OxyCool. OxyCool is a lot of fun. Ravi Burrow is a real character. I really like this guy and uh, we're gonna learn all about this new approach to uh, cooling our homes Alrighty, so I'm here with Robbie Barrow from OxyCool founder and CEO uh, definitely the shiniest brightest coolest looking thing that I've seen so far but from the solar coasters perspective obviously there's a thermal conversation happening here we're excited about thermal that's one of the things that we explore all the time so Robbie please uh, tell us about yourself and who you are and what you do so I'm Ravi, the founder and CEO of Oxygool. I'm a former merchant mariner, and I've traveled to 120 countries. And when I'm asked the question, which is your favorite place in the world, my answer is Hawaii. Mine too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love Hawaii, and I think at Hawaii you need technologies like us more than other places because of the cleanliness that we bring into your island, which is excellent, very clean. This technology is as clean as your island is what I like to say. So regular air conditioning uses a harmful chemical-based refrigerant. Used to be free on CFC, which ironically just had its last sale on 31st December 2019, five days ago. And this is the same day that symbolically we produce this unit. So home cool or air conditioner with no ref chemical-based refrigerant was born on the same day that Freon was eradicated. So I, I didn't realize that. So Freon was eradicated uh, as, of the, as 2019, the last day of 2019. Did I hear that correctly? It was December 2019. Is that a, a national or a global initiative? It's for US. For US? Yes. So all production was stopped and sale was stopped. There is going to be some black market, which people believe, but obviously that also won't last for a long time. Very interesting. So what is the, uh, what is the replacing technology that's in market right now? If, that, if Freon has been effectively outlawed domestically, what is out there now? And then, and then let's talk about your technology too. So Freon, world thought that Freon had left 20 years ago, but that really didn't happen. It was still being sold in lesser and lesser quantities. And the final sale happened now. And for the longest time now we have HFC, which is a potent greenhouse gas that is being sold as a refrigerant in your homes. And again, regulations are being placed that that needs to go as well. But another solution that will come in, my, our worry is that another chemical-based refrigerant will come in that the world will think is good for the planet and then eventually we'll say, lo behold, it's not a good thing. So what we have over here is there is, we only have the four natural elements of Earth. Earth, water, air, and fire. That's all we have over here. So the best way we think that to do things is go back to as nature designed things. And nature designed the four elements. You can't go wrong with that. So in this particular box, every single thing in this box, other than some of the fans that we have, everything of our inner guts is recyclable. We use the purest water that you can find on the planet. And when 
the system is done at its end of the life, you take that water, that will still remain the purest water on the planet. So the way it works is we use a standard air conditioner has a compressor that does most of the work. The compressor is a pump that pulls the refrigerant from one side, it pushes into another side. That's the much of the work. They are electrically driven, they cause a burden on the electrical grid and they fail oftentimes, especially they fail on the days when you most need air conditioning on a hot summer day. In our case, we have no compressor, so how do we move the refrigerant, which is water around, is water is a polar molecule. Hydrogen and oxygen, they exhibit different charge. Oxygen is highly electronegative. We use a molecular sieve, which is a synthetic mineral made of aluma silicate. Aluma silicate is clay, so it's a very benign mineral, but it's a very sophisticated mineral, which has nanopores. So we have a nanopore in this, many nanopores, that are sized to water molecule, but that nanopore also has sodium impregnation. Sodium is highly electropositive. So when it sees water with oxygen, which is electronegative, it has an affinity for it. The water molecule goes and lodges inside the pore. That's how the pull happens. Now the beauty of the molecular sieve is that if you apply heat to it, it vibrates the pore and ejects the molecule out. So you can pull by molecular charge, which never goes away, and you can push by heat, so heat becomes your energy source. So we are starting with natural gas as an energy source right now, and what this does is it takes the load from the electrical grid and we transfer it, transfers it to natural gas, which is soon becoming a clean fuel of choice. And in the future, as soon as hydrogen comes into place, we will be ready for hydrogen. So we'll become entirely carbon free. There is no other air conditioning technology on the planet that can give you carbon free air conditioning entirely. So in the future, you'll electrolyze water, create some hydrogen, burn the hydrogen, and then separate. So we won't go into generating hydrogen because there are a lot of other, like Los Angeles yeah, is going into that. Right. Hydrogen. But we think hydrogen will get piped to your home from the same lines which are natural gas. Initially it will happen with some form of a mixture, yep. but with the low you know, mixture of hydrogen and methane, but eventually the entire hydrogen could take over. Wow, there is a lot going on there. This is really exciting stuff. So, okay, so does this unit itself right here that we're seeing, there's a, a large, it's gotta be a meter and a half uh, square. Four feet by four feet. So does this unit here cool uh, what type of space? So this is meant for an average US home 2,500 to 3,000 square feet and this will have four of those in-house units. So there are a variety of ways you could do this. This sits outside your home. This unit is running right now and it's amazingly silent. You can't even hear it. That unit is very silent. Now if you're in an existing home and you wanted to make use of your current ducts, then you could, we could give you a configuration for that. So this sits on your outside your home and in your ducts, in your attic, or in your basement, we could give you heat exchangers for that. So this is a multi-head, ductless split, yes. natural gas base, free on free, via yes. water, air conditioning system for a 2,500 plus square foot home. Exactly, very well, very well put. Very exciting stuff. So let's uh, let's let's think a little bit about the longevity and the costing. How does something like this work? If I I have a by the way, does it work with propane? It will work on propane as well. On diesel, we don't want to go to the diesel and other things, but that in, in introduces a little bit of unclean kind of behavior. But propane and natural gas are cleaner fuels, so we like to stick to that. So what is how does this compare from an energy perspective? 
for the current generation of, let's say, a Daikin or a uh, or a Mitsubishi or whatever, a, a ductless split multi-head system. Uh, how does this? What, what's that? energy relationship, is it basically a similar energy uh, input in kilowatt hours if you use that metric, or is it different? So you cannot really use, because this does work in a very different manner, you can't take the same metrics and apply to it. So the best way to equalize things is to go to back to what is the end cost to the consumer. We think everything eventually equalizes. From an end cost to consumer basis, depending on which geography you live in and what your electrical price is and your natural gas price, we think on an average this would be 25 to 30% cheaper than running an electrical driven air conditioner. The other beauty is it has very few moving parts. Inner guts, probably none, other than some small valves that we have. That means there are no failures we expect, like a compressor failing. So your maintenance cost will be very lower than a standard thing. Longevity-wise, this is supposed to last for a very long time. It's a made in America, stainless steel-based system, under vacuum. There is no free oxygen molecule inside there, other than the oxygen in the water. So it won't inside rust at all. So we think it's going to last for a very long time. I'm learning more and more that the uh, ability to separate from the elements is a huge factor in longevity. So is, is this a material science solution uh, versus a mechanical solution? Or is that, can I say that? You know. it's, a, it's a both, because anytime you have engineering, mechanical comes into play. Initial invention, when I made the invention joint with the US Navy, so this was a joint invention with the US Navy. US Navy had been working on something for 10 years. They had not realized the potential of this technology, so I teamed up with them. I went as a one-man show to them. I realized the potential. I took over the rights from them, and then I came up with my first invention in life, which was joined with the US Navy, or NAVER in particular, and ended up winning the first inaugural award from that very historic Paddington River Naval Air Station on Ockady. And that's when I said, okay, let me take it to other applications. That invention was, I believe, a small part of everything. Because then it has taken many years of engineering to bring the product where we can now take it to market. Anytime you have a product, engineered product, there's a lot to be considered. Energy consumption, how are you going to integrate it? What is the weight? What is the volume? Just the whole thing, how are you going to produce it? Now we have a factory already in Melbourne, Pennsylvania. This is a made in America unit, as I said. We have a clean room. This gets built in a very clean room factory. So we have lasers, robots, cleaning machines and all that. Final assembly does in a, gets done in a created clean room. So if you look at the factory, you'll fall in love with this, saying, I want, now you like the unit, you have to see the factory and say, now I want it, because it's made in such a clean manner. There's a lot of great value propositions here, and I'm starting to settle in and understand the core value propositions. But you said there's an energy, or rather a cost savings of about 30%. Uh, in comparing current market leaders. Uh, and then of course you're working with a clean uh, system that doesn't pollute, doesn't create GHGs, greenhouse gases, whole new solution. Uh, and then also it's made in America, which is uh, you know really valuable for a, a lot of people's perspectives when they're making those purchasing decisions. So I'm excited to learn more. Where can we see this? Where can we buy this? Is this available? When will it be available? So on 10th January at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can go on Oxygol website and there's a link for pre-order. You can go and be one of the first ones to go and place a refundable $100 deposit, and we believe this is going to create history. So 10,000 years later, this technology is going to stand, and if you can say you were the serial number one owner of OxyCool, 
that'll be something to own, I would he think. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Ravi uh, Barrow, OxyCool, uh, a very um, you know amazing technology. I'm really glad we met you. Thank you. And thank you all of you listening in. Please go to oxycool.com and place your pre-orders. All right. Aloha. Aloha. Ravi, meeting Ravi Barrow and, and learning about OxyCool is exactly the reason why I went out to Vegas and spent time at CES 2020 uh, and learned, you know, I was excited to find out that there were, there were customer facing kind of new solutions. Uh, and, you know, this was a great example of that. Really cool stuff. Very excited to uh, see that there's this uh, non-toxic approach to air conditioning. I'm actually plugging Jay right in right now. What do you think of that OxyCool? That was cool. It was, I mean, you grasped the value uh-huh. that they're offering. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Can't, can't get away from the cool thing, right? <laughs> For sure. <I> was like, <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was, it was fun. He's a really interesting guy too. I got to tell you though, like that type of an explanation when he got into the material science of it, he talks about the, you know, how heating, you know, how it works with the, on the molecular level. It, it was not the kind of thing that everyone believed right away. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue about that online. And it was kind of a little contentious, right? So, but a couple of, you know, some people were like, this is not, this is a snake oil. And other people were like, this, you, you don't know what you're talking about. This is, a, if you have any background in science, this is a, a wonderful solution. It just hasn't come to market yet. This could be the future. So there was a real kind of robust dialogue going on back and forth. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's, that's the kind of stuff you love where it's and, like, and this could be a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so that's in the YouTube comments. Yeah, 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 for sure. Jay, I don't Those know about our, our, our YouTube comments and a couple other places online. I will recommend, I mean, if you have any interest in this thing at all, I mean, we, we talk about so many wacky technologies that are coming 10 years. 50 years down the pipe we started the show with that um this is one of those that's finally come around and yeah he's there trying to drum up pre-orders because he's he's starting his company but they have a really good video on their website so you go to oxycool o-x-i-c-o-o-l.com and at least check out the video because it's there and once i watched that video i got it i understand what they're doing and it's and it's Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty rad stuff. Okay, Brian, what do you got to say? Oh, yeah, real quick. Um, we, t- we mentioned some ticker symbols of ETFs that you could own that are renewable energy. Those are not recommendations, but do not miss out. We'd love to have you at our event. We'll show you the process of how you can own both these and other stuff down the road. That We, we don't know what it'll be, but we'll show you the process to see it. And whether you have an advisor or you want someone else, but you will learn some good stuff. There you go. If you've been listening, how can they reach you? Uh, 808-873-3247 or info at fairwindswealth.com. If you've been listening over the last few months about ESG and trying to figure out how to participate, this could be a great opportunity to learn uh, directly from the fellow that you've been hearing on air with us. This has been The Solar Coaster, episode 145. We are sponsored by Fairwinds Wealth Management, uh, Sundrum Solar, Shield, Perfectly Clear Glass, and a bunch of other wonderful uh, companies out there. Thank you very much for tuning in and have a wonderful weekend and Aloha Friday.